Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Julio Jones to the Titans, AFC impact there. Derek Mason was on with us earlier, and he felt like they're still a top 10 team in the league, you know, top five in the AFC, but even he, like, I guess he agreed with you, Key. He doesn't think it has a huge impact on the Titans. They were going to be a good team. They still will be. It's all about their defense, though. Can they defense stop anybody, right? That's Because we know what they're going to do from an offensive standpoint. Play action pass game. They're going to run the ball, stick the ball in the belly of the running back. Everybody sucks up, deep crosses over the middle, pull it back out, throw it. That's what they're going to do. We we all know that. If you played this game and you've seen this game and you understand the philosophy, that's what it is. So with getting Julio Jones, yeah, you replace Corey Davis, and, and Julio Jones may give you – some a little bit of something different if he's healthy, but it's not going to catapult him from where they were to all of a sudden knocking on the door to Kansas City Chiefs. That's not right. That's not well, it. Yeah, they're not knocking on the door to Kansas City Chiefs. But I mean, they're Jeff Darlington said it. You know, if he were to have Buffalo being two A, he would have yeah. You know, Tennessee being two B. I yeah. know Cleveland's in that conversation too. But I mean, but, I, I but think you know that puts, where one puts, is at though. Yeah, I understand one is yeah. a different degree. Uh, but still, I mean, look, injuries happen. We saw that happen last year. Who knows how a season can play out? You know, but obviously if teams are remaining healthy, I'm still going with Kansas City. But I think Tennessee is still in that upper echelon now. This move puts it, him in that upper echelon. Kansas City and everybody else in the AFC as far as I'm concerned. I that's, hear you, but that doesn't mean that you can't make incremental moves to become better. And I think this was a major move. Major move. I think it was a major move. You just seem disappointed. Like, it's almost like the trade happened. There was some excitement about, oh, where he can end up and what impact it could have. And then when you heard it was Titans, you, it was almost like you felt Because like, I don't think Tennessee liked that, though, to begin with. Is it because they're a heavy run dominant yeah, game? They're, I mean, a heavy, they're a heavy run dominant team with a bad defense. That is not a good recipe. They tried to improve it. <laughs> they tried it. Well, yeah. we don't know. Obviously, they got Bud Dupree and all of it. But yeah. we don't yeah. know what the improvement is until we get to September, October, November before we really see the challenging thing. That, that, that is what the key part is going to be. We know that they run the football, and they do it very, very well. Can they stop anybody on the defensive side of the ball? Let me ask you this. They lose Corey Davis. He goes to the Jets. Who will have a bigger season production-wise, Julio Jones or Corey Davis? Probably Julio Jones. Still Julio yeah. Jones. yeah. Probably Julio Jones. Corey had a good season. I mean, he didn't catch for 1,000 yards. I mean, if you count the playoffs, man, round you know, it's you know, not 1,000 like, yards. They're going to rely on him a lot, though. Yes. I'm, thinking the, in the, I'm saying on the Jets oh, side. The Jets side? They're going to rely on him a lot. I mean, you were just, you, like you just with, not going to. You were just with Zach Wilson at the game. You saw him in they the box. Yeah. How, how'd he look? Yeah, I, I did how'd get to look? see a lot of the Jets were at the, uh, <laughs> the Islanders game on Saturday night. They had a blast. That dude, Feeney, once again, ripped off a beer can, just chugged it. The calcium went crazy, slamming on his head to a point where there's a – is that what you want to see from your team? You want to see that? I want to see it at a hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see everybody. Every you get excited about, about Feeney, the Jets because a bunch of teammates was knocking well, down. It's good beers to see the bonding. But everybody said this though about Feeney. I don't know if he can play, but I love him. Like I mean, that's again for his popularity in New York. That though, and he did it again. It actually, he's done it twice now at an Islanders game, and this was against. Um, this was Saturday night Poor against guy. the Bruins. His but he's legacy, become popular. His legacy is going to be knocking beers down at a hockey event. <laughs> yeah. We're all, we're he just shotgun that beer. Just think about the first time he plays. and Everybody's like, that's that guy Feeney. He's great. And then, like, something happens. Like, ah. <laughs> like he better be good now. <laughs> but but the Julio Jones, Julio Jones replacing Corey Davis, yeah. they can get the same production out of Julio that they got out of Corey Davis. But that's not what the Tennessee fans are thinking. 
They're thinking Julio Atlanta, sixteen hundred yards. They don't. They, it doesn't work like that. They're not just all of a sudden going away from AJ Brown because Julio Jones is there. They're not going to all of a sudden abandon the run and what they do because Julio Jones is there. They're not going to all of a sudden decide that oh, Ryan Tannehill is getting ready to be Aaron Rodgers. No, they're not going to do that. Okay, so then if you're hold if on you're a Tennessee, second. if you're Robinson, why did you make this move? Because you, pick. because you you probably realize that when you let Corey Davis go, you didn't replace him, mm-hmm. and there was a receiver that became available. You have to at least replace that receiver, and Julio Jones became available. That production, that production, because you didn't like you didn't replace Corey Davis, and you didn't resign Corey Davis for less money that you're getting ready to pay Julio Jones. Tell so you were going to ask a question. No, I just don't understand why why why, why is this. There this argument that all of a sudden, like you're just not going to go away from AJ Brown, and you got Julio Jones. Like, how, how come we can't see this? If you have two viable options, how come you can't kind of spread that out to a better degree? Like, why is it? Why does it have to be like one or the other? How come it can't be both? They can do the same. They can do the same things that they did with Corey Davis and AJ Brown. They both had thousand yard productive seasons. That wasn't enough for you. You didn't. That wasn't enough. And you had. A running back back there toting the thing and making people lay down and scared that he's coming toward him. That wasn't enough because of the defensive side of the ball. So naturally, when you get a guy like Julio Jones, like I just said, who who counted, you know, not last year but years in the past, where these phenomenal numbers, people look at that and go, that's the Julio Jones they're going to get. They're going to start throwing the ball everywhere because the name recognition of Julio Jones – same sort of thing when you go to the Cleveland Browns and you thought about when they got OBJ. They got OBJ, they took what he did in, in the Giants and they tried to put it in Cleveland, automatically assume they're getting ready to be flying, throwing the ball all over the place. Odell's and that's not good, what it was. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. fair comparison, although Baker, Odell much earlier in his career. True. A big difference. And Baker was in a different Baker's been in a different mindset towards the latter of last year yes. than what he was. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is a different kind of quarterback. Well, let's than find Baker. out, too, with Odell in a healthy season, what, what he can become for Cleveland. I know it's a running game is what they're based on, but still, a guy like that, you know, you never know what they'll do. You know, and, that and, then, and then when you look at Randy Moss going from the Raiders for a fourth-round right. pick to New England, but the Raiders tried to kill Randy Moss's career. That was just a bad thing. They had my man out there looking like he forgot how to play football. And, and, and so, naturally, when he goes to New England, clearly I know he's going to be rejuvenated. I know that they're going to get the best out of him, and it's going to be crazy. You know that. And maybe maybe this situation for Julio, he can stay healthy in Tennessee and do some, some of the same things that he was able to do that was making him an all-pro. That's going to be on them. Certainly, there's no doubt about that. All right, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Mako. Scratches, dents, and dings on your car. When life throws you uh-ohs, just say, better get Mako. Head to Mako.com today. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's take Austin in Knoxville on Julio. Austin? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, I'm from Tennessee, so, of course, I might seem a little biased on this, being a Titans fan, but I think it's huge. Um, you know, Corey Davis had too many inconsistent times, uh, I think he's definitely going to fill the role a lot better. But to me, it's the defensive backs for Tennessee that changes the game plan. I mean, we just – we look lost out there. I mean, they look like a high school team out there, you know, playing against, you know, high-tier NFL talent receivers. And, you know, I just want to get y'all's thoughts on that as well. 
Well, their secondary wasn't very good. Now, you mentioned that the, I mean, the, just, nothing's going to matter if the defense mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. get better. Secondary, and they try to do that. linebacker position, that's why they go out and get a, a Bud Dupree. It's just, you know, you, you look at it, and for Vrabel, you know, his first couple years, the defense had been solid. They've been okay, but not great. That's why they couldn't advance when they needed to because they couldn't slow people down. You're right about Zach Wilson, by the way. What about great kid? I mean, great kid had a blast. <laughs> Wait, how you I, go from, I was like, what? You go from did you Tennessee see me? To Zach Wilson. I was like, what just, about Zach Wilson? Where did this come from? It hit me when Jay said to me, like, what'd you think? A great kid, but it's the first impression is like, kid, like that's physically. how I was curious <laughs> to hear what you thought. He's so funny because <laughs> you like, went on to like the story about them drinking. It was in the back of my head after he said it. It's like in my head, and I'm just like, yeah, like it just he not not big in stature, not like you don't think. What was it? Quarterback. What was it? What did it look like? He just young. Looked extremely young. You couldn't tell based on watching him on TV? No, but in person. I could, but different. I don't saw him in person. He looks like he's 18 years old. Yeah, His like, body looks like he's 16. Yeah, he just looks young. I don't, yeah. I'm not saying like, oh, he, he looks soft. He looks, no, no, none of that. First of all, like, what a great personality. You see him engaging. He's not one of these guys that's like aloof in a crowd. He was having a great time. He was having a blast talking to fans. Like, it was really Fret cool boy. to see that. No, no, not even like that. I'm telling you, not like that at all. But size wise, it's a little like, these offensive linemen you're hanging out with, they better protect you. So instead of winning two games, you win three. All right, got it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying they got to protect them. That's all I'm saying. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Time for some straight talk. Cutting your wireless bill in half feels good. Home run in the ninth good. Straight Talk offers 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys on America's Best Network. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. So tonight, game two, Nets and the Bucks in the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, and there'll be no James Harden tonight for the Nets, the impact that it has on the Nets in this series after they won game one basically without him. Well, that's what we need to discuss, and we'll do that with Malika Andrews, our ESPN NBA reporter who joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Malika, good morning. So we know he's not – we know James Harden's not playing tonight but what's the what's the latest, or what do you know about maybe even the rest of this series? Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. So the plan for James Harden right now, Steve Nash said, you know, they're expected to monitor how he's feeling over the next several days and then reassess. We know, right, that this is the right hamstring that they're diagnosing with. Right hamstring tightness is what the team said. And Steve Nash said, to his knowledge, the MRI that he left the arena to go and get during game one, it didn't show any structural damage. So that's the good news. Where the team is going to continue to be cautious is you have to remember that, yes, James Harden missed 18 games in the regular season with a right hamstring strain. But before that, he missed two games with what the team was then calling right hamstring tightness. He came back, he played just five minutes, and then he was out for those 18 games when he got another MRI that revealed that structural damage, that strain. And so that's what the team is guarding against this time. Steve Nash says, look, it's the playoffs. The playoffs are the time to take risks, risks that are appropriate, risks that we calculate, risks that we deem won't pose a threat to his long-term health. But those are the things that they're balancing because they do not want history to repeat itself here. Malika, how, how does the rest of the team feel about playing without James Harden? Well, we just heard some sound, right, from from Kevin Durant, from Kyrie Irving, from Steve Nash using the term heartbroken because, as, as Steve said, this was a player who was prepared, who was locked in, who was ready to go. Now, 
they have played a large stretch of the regular season without James Harden, without Kevin Durant. Uh, They've played stretches without Kyrie Irving even. And so, yes, they do have this experience. Yes, they do have confidence that they, they were able to string together lots of wins in those times. But it's not ideal. Steve Nash said, no, we'd never look back and plan on using the experience that we had without our, our point guard on the floor. But because that's the reality, at least for game two, if not longer, they're going to be looking at Mike James, who played 30 minutes in game one. Uh, they're going to be looking at Blake Griffin to step up, but it's not something that this team feels awesome about, obviously. Malika, what did the team say about the performances from guys like Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown in game one? Well, they said that they were essential. Yes, they were nice. Yes, they were, were fun to watch. Yes, it was nice that... Blake Griffin had his first playoff double-double since 2016 when he was a member uh, of the Clippers, but it's going to be needed. It's going to need to be more of a performance by committee when you're missing a player of James Harden's caliber. And so Blake Griffin sort of set the bar incredibly high for what's going to be needed in this series if they want to sort of make up for one that offensive that offensive uh, firepower. We saw Joe Harris make more threes almost. He had five. The Bucks combined had six. So those are the types of performances that they know they're going to continue to need other guys to continue to do that if they want to build this to a 2-0 lead from a 1-0 lead. Malika, thank you very much for the time. This is going to be an interesting game tonight for sure, right? Because you think about the, the impact of the game two without a James Harden mm. and then the series moving on to Milwaukee. So uh, obviously all eyes on this as the Nets has always been, if healthy, We'll see if uh, they can stay healthy now the rest of this series. Thanks so much. Thanks, Malika. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Malika Andrews on the Goodyear Hotline with the latest on the Brooklyn Nets. And, and Jay, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the show. Of the three, we always talked about who can you afford to lose, right? Like, like you, you really don't want to lose, lose any anybody. of them. Yeah. But, you know, if there's power ranking them, KD's the guy you cannot lose, right? I mean, is he, he's the best player left in the playoffs. Yes. He's the best player in the NBA. Yes, but we had also, you know, with Luca and his impact on Dallas and, and, you know, what what he meant to them. But when you think about everybody now in the playoffs, the most important star left for his team, you could say maybe it's a Kawhi. I think it's Kevin Durant, most important star left for his team. I mean, you can make the case for Kawhi. I mean, with the they, I don't think they get by Dallas without him having averaging 30 plus shooting 60 percent from the field. You mean shutting down Luca? Or shutting down Luca, as people say. I mean, so you think he's I, I, more important because you got Paul George. You think he's more important I, I, to the this, Clippers? This whole game, like, who, who's the most important? Like, I don't, is Jokic the most important? Because I mean, Denver, Denver's not Denver's not doing anything without Jamal Murray if Jokic isn't playing. Like, they're not out of the first round. Um, I, I don't know. That's a really that's a really tough question. Uh, KD obviously would be up there as one of the tough guys. But Giannis too. If you take Kevin Durant off of, if the you Nets, take Giannis off of Milwaukee, Milwaukee's not in the position no, they are. No, not at all. But the, are the Nets still a Maybe championship Nets are, contender if you lose Kevin Durant? With James Harden and Kyrie Irving on the same team, they're, yeah. they're, that, that's up still? there. I'm not saying it's. Yeah, that would be. I'm not saying it's going to win it, but it's still it's, it's pretty that good. That would still be up there. That's pretty good. Are they? Are they the favorite? No, no, right? Like, and to me, championship favorite. Like it gets, that's why it I, gets I, that's why I put KD on that level. It just gets even with Milwaukee, even, right? Yeah, without right. KD. It's an even. It's, it's a little more even. With him, it's different. Well, that's why I think your odds would be the difference, right? Your odds of, of winning a championship. The Nets have the best odds to win a championship, right? The Bucks are number two. If you take KD away, would the Bucks become number one? Yes. Right. 
Yes. Like, that's how I feel, even with Harden back. But Harden's injury is the thing that close. I think has been – be close. It'd be close? All right. I think it'd be close. But, but Harden's injury – It'd be close. Is that – isn't that always been the thing with the Nets? When healthy. That's the thing with the Nets. When healthy. Well, that's the thing for a lot of teams of right now. Of course it is. But they, <laughs> I mean, the Lakers, when healthy. I mean, Denver, like Jamal Murray, when healthy. But putting these three, right putting now, these three together, the whole thing was you, you've got these three guys to win a championship. And Harden's injury now is that, that first concern. But it doesn't you, matter to me if KD is there. If Harden is resting and Kyrie's there and KD's there, it doesn't really matter. They still – or favorite, in my opinion. I still think it matters. I think it matters in a big way not having James Harden on the floor. Or not having him at 100%. Because the hamstring's not, you know, I mean, you guys know. I mean, hamstring, he, even tightness, you think that's just, oh, give him it, a couple put, of days rest and be fine? Put it this way. We'll see tonight. Yeah. If yeah, it matters. No. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. So, Kevin Durant, spectacular score. Made the most gifted score we've ever seen in the history of the game, right? Can do that. Kyrie Irving is a really gifted scorer as well. So now you're asking Kyrie to say, hey, be a gifted scorer and a playmaker. I've seen Kyrie as a playmaker. The ball's in his hands a lot. And I, I get that. But when James Harden's on the floor, it allows Kyrie just to hunt his shot. And it gives a different dynamic because mm-hmm. now James is the one making everybody else around you better. And now you take that off the court. I'm not saying they can't get it done. I just I, – look, I think Bucks going to win but who, tonight. But who, who gets in their way? The Milwaukee Bucks get in their way. They should. All right. And should. if they don't, if they don't, then we're gonna have a DefCon five type of scenario. Like it's gonna turn into a really. Man, this puts on a lot of heat on the Milwaukee Bucks coach Bud. We sat up here and we talked about Doc Rivers not making execution strategies in the first game with Philadelphia and the Hawks. If they don't get a win, or if this turns into they're up three one and the Bucks are on the verge of being eliminated without James Harden. That's going to be a huge, huge well, it, but, red flag. But he, it's not saying he's going to miss the, the rest of the, the series, though. So He had hamstring right? tightness, and he missed the same 18 thing games. He, he had throughout he the year. What? 18 games. 18 games this year. Same hamstring. Like he, he missed, you know, like it's not like something that's just going to get better. And with a player like him and the way he plays, it's not like, you know, oh, just play through it. Like that's not something you want to do with a player like and that. And if, 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 the, if the Nets win tonight without James Harden, I'm not rushing back to come back no, and play. No, no need to. That's I'm going to sit I'm there saying, and watch no. and say, what happens in game three? Yeah. Hey, you I'll, rest him up as long as you can. Yes. I'll say it. You know, you're, you're alluding to it. I'll say it. The Bucks have to win tonight. They have to have the mentality I said it. of winning and, yeah, I said and it almost like setting that tone of you have to win this game and take control of a series now that you know that they've got one injury. They've got one. And you got to put pressure. You Honestly – if you're the Bucks, it's now or never. Like this is the game. Well, because right now, like you, what you did to the Celtics is is nice. I mean, I'm sorry, the Heat is nice. You kind of you know exercise a little demon there. But this there. is the team. But this right here's yeah. where you start to make your claim as that team that you better start taking us seriously. And tonight's the night you do it. And if they don't, they go down 2-0. They go back to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, you know, obviously the fan base will be going crazy. But if Brooklyn go in there and they're still one, they come back at three one. That's now, point. but but it's, it's beyond all of that. It's because they have an injury. It's because they have that in the back of their minds. It's because you know that game one was about you not making shots. It wasn't about the Nets played you well defensively. It wasn't about that. You didn't make any shots. You missed a lot of threes, which is a big part of what you do. You got away from a little bit of what you do as well. But the three-point shot is what they do. They also defensively take away the paint, and they make you Take a lot well, of shots from the outside. Why were you missing a lot of threes, though? Was, open. What, there, well, was it the missing. fact that Chris Middleton I'm, missed I'm shooting, I'm, I'm just shooting too hard, I'm not shooting clear enough? Like, why are you missing them? 
Jay, you said you said they they looked like they were sped up. Well, right? yeah, the, the, I said and I said this to Jalen before the game started. I said the pace of this game is going to be so important because Brooklyn is going to want to make it a fast paced game. Like the more you accumulate the number of possessions in the game, it allows them to play. Like it's a polished street ball version. Yeah. Like of Rucker Park. I've been saying that all the time. But we noticed in the first quarter when they came out, Giannis dominated the block. Brooke Lopez dominated the block. Like they started punching. And that's also how you attack Kevin Durant. You get Kevin Durant in foul trouble. Like we haven't talked about that, right? We're talking about if you attack KD or if Kyrie gets in foul trouble, then how do you manage mm-hmm. if you're Brooklyn? So attack that offensively too. You attack that by matchups, by matchups. And that happens in the half court. Slow the pace of the game down. That's what Coach Bud has to do. And not get into this one-on-one-on-one, just play fast, shoot a lot of threes. And see if Blake Griffin can keep this up, too, right? The way he was shooting threes and all that see, stuff. See, Mike James keep this up, too. All yeah. right. Keep scoring off the bench. Yeah. Woo. I mean, if you're going to lose, all right, let me see what your – if your supporting cast can keep doing it. But it is I, – I definitely believe this injury levels the playing field now in the series. And if you're Milwaukee – if you're Giannis, you've got to walk into this game and think this is must win. It's not technically. But in your mind, this has to be – a must-win game. There's no doubt about it. Speaking of Giannis and Market Madness, Elite Eight, One Name Wonders, a regional final we have going on right now at Key, at Key J and Z on Twitter. Giannis versus Yachty in the One Name Wonders. Yachty Molina. Giannis dominant. 61.5% mm. to 38.5%. St. Louis Market. You want to get your guy. When does it close? Get oh. him now. We, oh, we got 20 hours to go. Oh, so after the 20. night, then that number will change. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not, depending on the performance. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. So can anyone stop the Nets, even without James Harden? We'll ask a former NBA coach after he has this from O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts is here to keep your car on the road with the right parts. Advice from their professional parts people and their free loaner tool program. There's no need to purchase a tool if you're only going to use it once your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store has more than 80 specialty tools available to rent for your next repair. Refundable deposits required at the time of rental. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and ask about their free loaner tool program or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Julio Jones seems to be headed to the Titans. That plus all the NBA action as we reconvene. It's Greeny starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And the one-two to Xander. And he gets this ball elevated to deep center field. It's playable for Gardner, but what a job Xander does to deliver the go-ahead run, Christian Arroyo. Call Ravage with the call on ESPN Radio. What you didn't hear is this terrible called strike three against the Yankees in the ninth, but we won't discuss that. The Red Sox did beat the Yankees 6-5 in the tenth, finishing off a three-game sweep of New York in their first series of the season. Red Sox with three straight wins over the Yankees after losing the previous 12 straight against New York. Red Sox have won consecutive games at Yankee Stadium for the first time since August of 2017. Yankees three runs or fewer in 33 games this season. Tied with the Pirates for most such games in the majors. To the NBA tonight, no James Harden for the Nets. He's ruled out a game two against the Bucks with hamstring tightness. You get full coverage, by the way, at game two on ESPN Radio, and that begins at 7 p.m. Eastern. ESPN BPI gives the, net, gives the Nets a 52% chance to beat the Bucks without James Harden in the lineup. That's compared, however, to 61% if he was playing. Also, their chance to win a title drops from 28% to 9% without James Harden. The Nets have scored 100 points in seven consecutive playoff games. That dates back to the bubble, which is the longest streak in franchise history. To the ice, the NHL has reached an agreement with the Canadian government to allow teams to travel across the U.S.-Canada border. Why is this important? Because the agreement clears the way for the next round of the playoffs when a Canadian team has to play a U.S. team. The winner of Canadiens Jets, and Montreal, by the way, up 3-0 in that series, will face the winner of the Golden Knights and Avalanche, and that series is tied at two. Sports Center brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Is your dad's razor older than you are? Get him something new for Father's Day. A DSC six-blade razor is perfect for an extra close, precise shave. Get one now at a store near you as or as part of a gift set at dollarshaveclub.com slash KJZ. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash KJZ. 43 seconds in, James Harden has to head to the locker room because what appeared to be a hamstring problem. We got guys that, you know, will step up and, and take that call. Perfect. The Nets are not going to hang their head. going to continue to go out here and compete. Relentless pace and attack. Attack, attack, attack. The crowd reacting to this outstanding performance by the Brooklyn Nets to take game one. Let's see how the Bucks react. So the series continues tonight between the Nets and the Bucks, and there's no James Harden in that. What kind of impact it has on the series is one of several questions that we have for former NBA head coach Alvin Gentry, who joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Alvin, good morning. So the question for you is a simple one. Is, is what, what do you think of the Nets now without James Harden? Do you feel like it evens up this series with the Bucks? Well, I think anytime you take away an elite player like James Harden, I mean, you know, arguably one of the two or three best players in the league, you know, if not the best player in the league. 
So when you take that away, I think it does take something away from that team. But they've got so much depth that, you know, you think of what Kyrie can do, what uh, Kevin Durant can do. And then when a guy like Blake Griffin step up the way he did, I still think they're going to be a a team that's going to be hard to beat four times before they can beat you four times. Hey, G, Jay Williams here. How you doing, brother? Hey, Jay, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Hey, I, I wanted to ask you, obviously you spent some time with AD down in New Orleans. Do you think all, all the criticism that he got about not being able to play or people calling him soft or in street clothes, do you think any of that was fair? Uh, no, I don't because I, I, you, you guys have been elite athletes. You and Keyshawn both, and you know – uh, anything in the growing area uh, becomes a, a, a really, really tough situation, especially for a guy like him who's very athletic and uses athleticism more than he does just his brute strength. So uh, it's unfortunate that, that that happened to him. Obviously, if you go back and look, even from the bubble when they won the championship, he, you know, he had every right to be voted MVP in that, in, 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 that, in that series, really, if you go back and look at what he's done and then, Look at what he did when he was healthy, you know, the 34 and 32 points and, you know, control what he did defensively. So it's unfortunate that, that you know, he'd get injured, but uh, that's part of the game. And, uh, you know, I think everyone says, hey, next man's got to step up. And I don't think that happened for the Lakers, you know. One of the things I've been hearing around is that, you know, and I'm curious, you know, with your time with him there, obviously there's a there's a history of him being injury prone, but I've been hearing a lot of people say, well, you know, does he does he take can he take his body to the next level, Alvin? Like, you know, his offseason workouts, like, are they as strict as they should be? You know, is he staying as lean or is he is he coming back with muscle mass? Is, could that be the difference between him not being injured as much as he has been in the years before? Well, I, you know, if, if you go back and look at my time with him uh, in New Orleans, you know, every summer uh, he came back, you know, in the fall. Uh, for training camp, he was bigger, he was stronger, uh, he had worked on part of his game. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's an accurate statement uh, from the standpoint of how he is training. But there is something there, definitely, you know, because uh, he's the guy to take care of him, his body. He's not a partier. He's, you know, uh, he's a guy that wants to be the best player. Uh, so it's unfortunate that, that he gets injured. But uh, I don't see anything that I saw in his lifestyle or his training uh, that would make him uh, suffer injuries that he's, that he suffered over the course of his career right now. Alvin Gentry, former NBA head coach, joined us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Coach, um, when you look at the, the Western Conference as a whole, my Lakers obviously are in Cancun vacationing at this point. For your money, who's the best team left in the West? Wow, that's a tough one because, uh, you know, obviously I have feelings for uh, Phoenix. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was there, and I think Monty's done an outstanding job there. Uh, my son is a is an intern there, so obviously I, I favor them a little bit. I think what Chris Paul has brought to the table for that team uh, from a leadership standpoint and then the way he's elevated uh, Book's game and the way he's uh, elevated uh, Aiden's game, I think, you know, they'll have a chance. Uh, I also uh, like, you know, Utah. How can you not like Utah? And obviously if Donovan is healthy, uh, they're going to be pretty good too. But Denver seems to be a team that uh, just finds a way to do it. You know, the the players that they've lost and losing uh, 
uh, Murray at this stage and then them being able to win the games that they have, uh, you would also have to, you know, take a look at them too. And then the other team that I think uh, is finding their way is the Clippers, you know, obviously uh, losing their first two games at home and then coming back and losing, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 another game, a huge, huge game at home and being down 3-2 and being able to win the next two games, uh, you know, they could be a team that uh, that's really going to be a force to be reckoned with, uh, uh, and they've got two of the best, obviously, two of the best defenders on the perimeter. Now, I, I don't think, you know, if you talk to Luca, he, he may not agree with that. But, uh, you know, they've got two elite defenders uh, that, uh, that that's able to guard anybody other than Luca, I would say. <laughs> Coach, you, you faced LeBron in 2015 as assistant with the Warriors. How surprised are you to see him gone after the first round? Like, he's not anywhere to be found. There's real, really no real superstar, television superstar left in the West? Well, you know, I what LeBron has done over the course of his career has been, you know, I mean, the guy's been in 10 out of the last 11 finals. And even in 2015 when we played him, you know, uh, I think everybody forget that he was he was without Kyrie, he was without Kevin Love. And, uh, and, and the guy, the, what he did in those series, uh, it, it was a possibility that he could have been one of those guys that was MVP on a losing team, which has only happened once in the history of this league. But uh, uh, he, he's, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, what he's done and, 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 and the legacy that he has right now, uh, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to say anyone is ever going to be better than MJ. But the, 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 if you look at his resume, he's the only guy that I think it could come close to, to someone saying that uh, – uh, what he's done is right there with Michael, I think. Uh, but, th- th- you know, he didn't have a, you know, he, he did his part, I think, from the standpoint of uh, playing and what the, what he tried to do with the team. And uh, it just wasn't quite good enough. You know, they played a team in Phoenix that was a very good basketball team, and I think people are realizing that now. Yeah, he's starting to see it. Alvin, one thing I've covered the league a long time, one thing I know is you don't stay unemployed for long. That's how good of a coach you are. So I, I want to ask you about one of the vacancies, and that is Portland. And why I ask is this. Because I wonder if the job is attractive because of Damian Lillard, or is it maybe one that you'd hesitate because you don't know if Damian Lillard is going to be there? Uh, you know, I, I still think it's an attractive job, and I think uh, you know the the thing that's a little bit bothersome is that uh, I thought Terry did as good a job as anyone in the league. You know, when you when you think about. The teams that he's lost to, you know, uh, they talking about him losing in the first round to Golden State. Uh, don't think that's a bad thing. They talk about him losing, you know, to even to Denver this year. And I know that they were without players, but if you go back and look, they have a guy in uh, in the Joker that really controls the game more so than any other big guy ever, really. You know, what he does for that team, he's a he's the point guard, he's the center, he's the post-up guy, he's the assist guy. So uh, uh, I think losing to Denver was not, you know, anything that uh, anybody should be, be uh, talking to Portland uh, about anyway. They've got two great guards. I think the one thing that everybody talks about a little bit is that they're smaller guys, though. And uh, mm-hmm. offensively, they're tremendous. Defensively, you know, sometimes it's a challenge. You know, uh, uh, we played them in the playoffs uh, 
three years ago when I was in uh, New Orleans. And the one thing that we tried to do is that we tried to take Dame and we tried to take CJ out of the game and make someone else beat you. And we did that by trapping him and doing a lot of those things right there. And then defensively, uh, you know, it's a challenge for them playing some of the bigger guards sometimes. So uh, I don't know. I can't see Dame as a guy. I mean, he's one of my favorite guys in the whole league. I can't see him as a guy that's going to run away uh, from a challenge. I think you'll see him uh, uh, accept that challenge and try to hopefully they can upgrade something that can help him there. Definitely that means that that is an attractive job if he does stay. Alvin, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. All right, Coach. No problem, guys. You know, all right, we'll see what happens with this. I think it's going to be a great, great – you know, the team's out of left is going to be a great challenge. And we didn't talk about Atlanta at all in the East, mm-hmm. but I think they're playing as well as any team out there. Well, feel free to come all back. Right, we you. have more to talk to you about, no doubt about that. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'll do that, guys. Right. Alvin, okay. Judge, and I mean it, a guy that normally doesn't stay unemployed for long. That's how good of a coach he is and how well-respected he is around the league. He joined us on the Goodyear Hotline. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by California Almonds. Whether your best means being the best bingo player in the office – or the best volleyball player on the planet, you're going to need some help. Almonds are your snack to keep your head in the game and your body energized. So refuel with almonds, California almonds. Own your own your every day, every day. I'll get that right. Call the roulette. Coming up next, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Plus, a sign that things are not exactly back to normal yet in sports. That's next. KJZ, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. It's time for Call a Roulette. You know the rules. Don't ask us how we are. We're good. I don't want to hear any of that. Get in, say your name, and make your point, and ask the question. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Especially you, Line 5. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. right there on the East River. Jay's yacht pulling up, ready to take him home. Be a quick trip for you if you think about it. That's the water taxi, by the way. No, I'm not not saying that was your yacht. (laughs) I'm just the water taxi. It's already 82 degrees, by the way, before 10 a.m. here in New York City. It looks beautiful. But over the weekend, just before we get to call the roulette, everybody, we'll get to you in a second. 
I just want to get your guys' reaction to this. John Rahm, so he was leading the memorial oh, by geez. six strokes. And uh, he was informed after his round on Saturday that he tested positive for COVID-19. He had to withdraw from the tournament with the lead. After he finished 18. And, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they wouldn't let him sign the card or anything. Right like, like they, had, they had you know, masks on around him. Now, he had been exposed to somebody, so that's why he was getting tested. He, was exposed. he, he only had one of the vaccine shots so far. He wasn't fully vaccinated. And he was exposed to someone who tested positive. So they had to keep testing him, and he was negative, negative, and then that third round, positive. So it's like, you know, there, there are some people making the arguments that why couldn't he just play by himself out there on the course and not have to, you know, be around anybody? And, you know, could he finish? It's a sport where there's nobody around you for the most part, but he couldn't finish it. it so it would have been like who, him and his caddy only? Yeah, I guess you could probably do it that way, or he'd just carry his own bag. It's six-stroke lead, right? Yeah. I mean, that, he was good. Did you, did you, have you seen the video of like how he reacts when he sees it? How would you react? I would be livid. I would be livid. Yeah, we're showing it right now on ESPN News. And, and he's getting, the thing is, the, the Open's coming up, too. So, I mean, the quarantine time puts it very, very close, very close. to yeah. that day as well. Yeah, it's Father's Day weekend, which is, what, another week and a half? Week right? and a half. Yeah, two days. He'll, he'll come out of quarantine. Two if days he, and then play the yeah. U.S. Open. If he doesn't test uh, negative. Now, he can retest and test, test negative two straight. Uh, I think it's two tests in a 24-hour period. Right. Um, but if he doesn't do that, yeah, it'll put him two days out. What His reaction was if, as if he found out somebody died. Like Jim well, Nance false. said on the broadcast, like they thought it was worse than him testing positive for COVID when they saw his reaction. Like they were like, relieved really that that was the news. Yeah, yeah, they were relieved that that was the news based on his reaction. They thought something. Well, because he had a chance worse. to win a tournament, he was probably feeling great about his game, and then now he knows that's the end of that. Like you're out, and that's a frustrating way to go out because it's something you can't control. You know, but that's the sign of the times. I mean, I was just in an arena where there's 16,000 people and it was loud, 13,000 people. It was loud. We were on top of each other. It's all that stuff. Watching a, a, a playoff game. And I remember saying to myself, and this was Islanders Bruins on Saturday. And I remember saying to myself, like, this feels as normal as I've, ever, I've felt in the last year and a half. And we were all kind of also saying this is also a pretty good test of the vaccine. But then you see that and you realize it's still going on. Right, sports are still being impacted by it. Yeah, because he didn't get the second shot though, so he wasn't Not yet. fully vaccinated. Right, that's, he didn't get to that happened. point, and then that's he got happened exposed. a couple of times to people. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, and it could happen in the NBA. We had that question also about the NBA mm-hmm. and certain teams that aren't at eighty-five percent. Is uh, all it takes is that one, and you lose a star player, and what kind of impact would it have? But we saw it in golf. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about your Lakers. All right, let's get to call a roulette and let's spin the wheel. Line two. Hey, Mark from Charleston, West Virginia. LeBron, one of the greatest of all time, but y'all need to sit down with that. Jordan is the GOAT. That man would not dish to anybody in a pressure situation. He wanted the ball in his head. He is the GOAT. This year's playoffs proved that. He would not let Steph beat him. He would not let LeBron beat him. Nobody is beating Jordan. He's the GOAT. Once the brawl, sit down if you think otherwise. It was nice for Jordan to have Scottie Pippen and Tony Kukoc and his teams intact as well. I'm not saying Jordan wasn't a killer, but. That is the. the yeah. what, is that now teams win the championships greatest when guys debate in sports, right? There's no debate hotter than that one. Until the, LeBron wins again. The LeBron-Jordan debate will roll Once on. he wins, then you're going to swing back. He lost, so now it's time to pile on. I don't know if we're going to see LeBron James win again. Let's spin it. Ooh. Ooh. Make a case for it. Line five. Hey, guys. It's Joey, Joey D. from Atlantic City. Uh, I have a question about the 76ers-Hawks series. 
do you think the officials will allow them to play more of a playoff style basketball instead of such ticky tack fouls? Thanks. I mean, can, can I tell you though, if you watched the last four minutes of that game, I mean, they weren't calling anything. Nothing. They didn't call anything. That was definitely playoff basketball. I mean, so I saw Ben Simmons rake down her arms. They didn't yeah. call anything on on Atlanta. I mean, they were letting them play. I, but Jay, can I ask you about that? The lean in foul on Trey. Yeah. Where he leans where in, he, he puts I mean, the chicken wing he, in, and he falls away, and they keep giving him that call. Even on review, they gave him that call. Yeah. It's part of, I, I don't, what do you want me to say? That it shouldn't be called? That it's something to I mean, that's a no call. Discuss? I mean, if you want to go back, it's hard to review that in real time, but I agree. To After say that he's not it, in defensive been, position, like, give me yeah. a break. A guy's making contact with you and shoving off, and that's a foul. Just, it's nothing. You he, just take the foul away and let's go. genius at creating contact. No, no, it's he's. All right, roll it. Why are you cutting are it you, off? Are you done with this are conversation? You, are you, are you just don't. I thought this was an interesting debate back and forth. Fine, uh, we, can, we can spin it. Spin it. Wow. Very impatient today. I know what it is. Moody key today. Yeah, line four. <laughs> yeah, he knows he's about to walk out into high humidity. No, I'm actually getting ready. Hey, this, is Donald, this is Donald from Nashville. What's up? Hey, uh, I'm, I'm glad D. Mace came on and told the truth, man. One thing I learned about uh, – the, uh, the general manager for Titans is that he lucky go for the splash instead of going for what we need. Um, I, I really don't think that was a good move for us to get hmm. because we did the same thing last year with Clowney. And how did I do it? The second round I, pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the second round picks, the one you're going to feel the most, but we got to see if this does have an impact on them or if they just sort of stay where they are. Then you just give up a second round pick to stay where you are. Ryan Tannehill. What's up? Yeah, no, it's got to like, make, you know, make, yeah, got to make good. What's on up? It's time. Change the offense. So what is no. Live wides out. No. Run and shoot. No. Make this shot. Talk That's about run off. and shoot. Greeny's next. See you tomorrow. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.